Today's episode is about how to create better proposal documents to improve your client closure rates with Jason Swank, episode 35. Podcast. I am Orhel Bezo, and every week I bring you step-by-step actionable online marketing strategies that you can implement in your business to see the results fast. So let's the diving begin. Hey, what's up, amigos? Welcome back to my favorite show. That's kind of silly. I'm gonna leave it there anyway. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. You've chosen to giving me the next 20-something minutes of your time, which is more valuable to me than your money. <laughs> Not really, my sincere appreciations. Now, today's episode, I'm going to split it between an interview with Jason Swank on how to optimize your client proposals to improve your closure. But before we get to the interview, I'm going to explain and talk about this whole name change change that I'm going through with the podcast and the blog that you have heard me mentioning in my emails and previous podcast episodes for the last few weeks. Money Diver will be no longer, and it's going to become Rebel Growth. That's right. Uh, The reason I'm I'm doing this is because a couple of weeks ago, while sending an invitation to a certain CEO of a company to become a guest on the show, he replied with a pretty heartbreaking uh, comment. And he said, thanks for your invitation, but we decline since your the name of your website has a sleazy make money now, all caps, vibe that we do not want to be associated with. Yes, that happened. Now, I don't usually care what people say, but since I'm someone who talks so much about branding and marketing, It was important that I looked forward and deeper into this matter to see if uh, uh, this was a one-time situation or if this was something that was spreading through, uh, you know, the industry or my audience that I should be taking care of. So I I was devastated, for real. Um, I mean, imagine that you put your heart and soul into something uh, for someone to come and say, uh, that it, they think it is the complete opposite of what you're trying to express and put out there and rep- represent. So before making any rushed decisions to change in the name, I went and I did a survey and I asked my fellow entrepreneurs and, and my audience what they thought of the name. And uh, by this time, I had already processed the whole situation so I was kind of looking forward to really changing the name. I, I ne- to be honest, I never really liked it, uh, Money Diver. I, I don't. I'll explain later why I chose it. And seventy-five percent of people agreed that I should change it. That's seventy-five percent of the responses agreed that I should change the name to something else. And that's pretty. I mean, that's pretty <laughs> pretty clear indicator that I should do it. So after doing that. I went ahead and it took about two months months to research an ideal name. And after a lot of research and considerations, I came up came up with Rebel Growth, which indicates more what uh, my brand is about, and that 
being different and thinking outside the box to grow faster, to improve your marketing strategies, your startup growth. And I also like the, the word growth a lot. Growth, growth, growth. It's a little hard to pronounce. It's a little hard to pronounce for me <laughs> being a Spanish speaker, but I like it. <laughs> so I chose the, ro the word rebel growth, the name rebel growth, because it's more representative of what I'm trying to put out there and create. The official name change should happen in the following weeks to this, to the, this episode going live. Actually, uh, by the next episode, I should have already officially changed the name and this should officially be the Rebel Growth Podcast. I hope I can uh, fulfill my promise. And this type of situation shows you uh, how many obstacles you might en encounter through your entrepreneurial and marketing career. Um, I've been blogging uh, for about three years now under the name Money Diver and the reason I selected that name originally was really because I didn't know better Or I just went with it, you know, I just went with the first first thing that came to my, to my mind. I registered the, dom the domain and started, just started blogging. But as you see with a lot of companies, sometimes you have to revise your strategies, you have to revise your branding and your personality and, and pivot to improve going forward. Now on to today's interview with Jason Swank on how to improve your client proposals how to write them, how to, what to say, when to send them, when to say whatever it is that you have to say, how to actually create the document in a strategic manner to improve your closures and get more clients. So without any further ado, guys, let's jump into today's interview. So Jason Swank, man, the, the agency man, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, I'm glad to we finally got to do this interview. I mean, so many times we tried, so many times. Well, actually, two times in the past, but you know, we our schedules sort of collided. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad we're doing it this now. So to get started, um, why don't you tell us a little about how it is that you came to be who you are now? Sure. So back in 1999, I founded a a very small digital agency and it quickly grew into a really big agency and sold it in 2011 and from there people just kept reaching out to me asking me you know how did we land big clients how did we close a high percentage of our proposals how did we do lead generation how do we make sure we were extremely profitable and so from there I started working with people and putting online programs together to help people start and build and get unstuck in the digital agency uh, space. And when you started your agency, um, <clears throat> how did you how, how did you come into this whole marketing world? How, how, how were you introduced to this? Yeah, so I always joke around saying I owe everything to Justin Timberlake, <laughs> even, even though I don't know him and he doesn't know me. But one of my friends looked just like him. So I created a website, kind of making fun of NSYNC called In Shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the website got really popular. And so then people started asking me to design websites. And so that's how I got started. <laughs> All right. Um, that's a pretty funny story, for sure. Um, <laughs> and back then it was pretty much you know, very different to how it is now, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, people didn't have websites back then. So you know, I could literally go through the phone book 
and look and see if they had a website address and just call them up and say, do you want a website? That's, that's a pretty, pretty clever and easy strategy for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cold calling, you know, and, and, and uh, a lot of people, I mean, websites were hot back then. Uh, like, oh, a website, and you know, I'm going to be a big thing. Yeah. Uh, this was in like 1995. Like yeah, the, when, yeah, you when you created your first website, that is. Yeah, my first website was in uh, right around 99. 99. Oh, okay. And, and, and right then you started your agency. That's right. Uh, that's a pretty cool story for sure. So, um, well, I, what I want to do today is I want to drive our audience because I know I, I have a lot of potential agency owners in, in, my, in my subscriber list, <laughs> in my audience. And I know they're going to benefit from knowing how to close more clients and how mm-hmm. to, to write and create better proposals. So why don't, you, why don't you tell us about how it is that you came to create your proposal strategy? Yeah. Well, it was all about, you know, one of the, the biggest pains that people have when they're developing a proposal is they'll send it to their clients and the client goes completely dark. They go silent, right? And you can't reach them anymore. And you're like, man, I spent all this time on a proposal and this person won't call me back. Well, if you want to stop that, stop sending the freaking proposal. Meaning when you, you're about to create a proposal, you have an agreement with this person and say, hey, I, I think we can help you out. We'd love to work with you. And if we design a proposal for you or develop a proposal for you, I want to be able to present this to you, whether it be online or in person. Can we come to an agreement for that? If they say no, they're just fishing, move on. Say we may not be the best fit for you. So it really kind of starts from the very beginning of making sure that you can present it to the client rather than just lobbing it over over the fence. And then the next thing that you need to really do is make sure that, you know, I did a survey. Only nine out of 100 agencies actually create a cover letter to their proposal, which is a a big mistake. So a that's cover sort of le- your first step, like making sure your, mm-hmm. your cover letter gets covered. Yeah. Well, the first step is not sending the proposal, right, until you actually review it with them. So the second step is really kind of a cover letter, which basically describes and gets them to continue reading in the proposal. So after you present the proposal to them, they're probably going to hand it around to a couple people. So you want to make sure that that cover letter is engaging in order to make sure that you separate yourself from everybody else. Right, And then kind of the the step number two is the executive summary, okay? So the executive summary is the most important part of the proposal, and most people get this wrong, where they summarize what's in the proposal. It shouldn't be what's what's in the proposal. It should be what they want, right? What do they want? What is their big challenge? What is their desire? That's what you you should have in the executive summary. You have to do some research to to know how you're going to, um, you know, craft a copy. Exactly, exactly right. And and when you create your cover let your cover letter, um, what what are some things that you include in in that page? Like, uh, well, it's just like it, it gives you, it teases them of a little bit of what's in the proposal, mm-hmm. right? And just says, hey, we've done a lot of research. We've enjoyed meeting with you. We really think we're the perfect fit for you. And if you have any feedback, let me know, right? And um, how may, you know, what are your conversions on, on feedback requests? Because uh, I, I guess that's a big 
thing. Well, I mean, our conversions on the proposals that we put out is over 80%. But on the feedback part, like when you send a cover letter before you, you know, send the rest of that proposal mm-hmm. um, or before they see the rest of the proposal, do you know if, if uh, you know, you actually, do you actually get any feedback from, from people reading the, the cover letter? Yeah, probably one out of 10 will give us a little bit of feedback, right, of, of what they like. But think about, like, I am reviewing it with them. So I know 100% of the time that they're going through the whole proposal. It's just <coughs> after the fact, right, um, that I want to have that cover letter just to make it look nice. It's just like a personal letter to them, right, that they can read later on. Yeah, sort of, a, you know, uh, making them know that, that you're there for them. Like, you yep. understand them, like. And get getting them excited about the the whole thing. Yep, yeah, like, exactly. Um, yep. Uh, and do you do like a page, like a specific, like a cover page, or something like that? Sometimes I do. It just really depends on the particular client, right? You know, I just don't want to put a, a bunch of things in their way in order to get to the real content of what I want them to, uh, you know, go through. So, like the next the next step is really kind of describing out your services and the deliverables of what you're going to accomplish for them. In the executive and summary? No, after the executive summary. Okay, so because cover it, letter, executive summary, and services. Yep. Yeah, so now you're going to go through your services, and the key point here <coughs> is, is you want to really categorize your services. Okay. So if you're an agency, you're going to have you know, your creative services, you're going to have your marketing services, you're going to have your technology services. So you want to segment them out. Now, the most important part is not putting your pricing with these because you want them to read through everything that's very detailed in the proposal before they see prices. Because let's say you have your biggest prices up front, that may scare them away, and then they're just going to be comparing you on price versus allowing you to walk them through everything um, that's there so you can compare apples to apples versus apples to oranges. Right, and... When you categorize your services and you you and you craft your your you know your services page, um, how descriptive are you about them? I mean, do you make sure it's? I mean, I can think of it sort of a sales page, like you kind of second guess yourself when when making it. I mean, how long do you make it? Well, you make it as long as you need to. That describes your process, what you need to do, and be able to protect you later on because the proposal is a, a binding agreement between you after they sign it. So you want to make sure, I mean, this will help you um, avoid scope creep. So the more detailed you are, so if you're designing a website, be detailed on, hey, is it responsive, is it multilingual, how many pages are you going to have, how many revisions do you have. So you have to be very descriptive, but educate them on why you're doing all that. Right. Um, and going back to the executive summary, do you make sure you include any frequently asked questions or something like that? Well, that's kind of throughout the whole proposal, okay. right? You know, so like I would know common objections that people may have or common, you know, questions that they're going to ask. So I would just place those into the proposal. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, because it's like a webinar uh, well I can compare that to a webinar because that's what I do that's what I do um, you, you, you want to make sure that you're covering that you're in your in your listeners head or your, your your you know potential clients head and covering their questions before they ask it um, 
What what else do you include in in your listing in your services listing page? Yeah, the the other well, I also include what's not included, okay? So you got to be very because a lot of times this is where scope creep comes in or people um, you know, start thinking going, well, I you said this. And we're like, no, no, we're going straight off this proposal. So if this is not going to be a multi, you know, lingual site or you know, you're not going to be doing a responsive site or if SEO is not included or rankings or whatever it is, you want to put that in there because it's going to protect you, but also it's going to allow you to have a conversation for possible upsells. So when you go through, you just say, hey, for this first phase, we're just going to be do X, Y, and Z. Now, you didn't want to do this, but this is a potential um, service that we would recommend to you later on after we do this, or we could put this in now. Right, and so you, it's a possible upsell to them uh, as well as it protects you. Right, um, and what? Well, all right, okay. So we are in listing page, listing services page. Um, what's the next step? Yeah. So the next is basically outlining all the prices after you go through all your services and your deliverables. You almost kind of put it in like a grid where it says, "All right, this is what it's going to cost for creative services." This is what's going to cost for custom development. And then I would break up another table for um, reoccurring charges, just so it was very clear to them so they could see, all right, here's all the one-time costs, and here are all the monthly costs, so they can kind of understand that. And the most important thing, too, to do here is don't give people options. I'm only listing out what things are costing, but these are not options. So many people start saying, well, I'll give you package one or package gold or platinum. If you give someone options, you're making it a harder decision because now they have to make two decisions versus right. one. I was just thinking that, <clears throat> I mean, like you get pretty overwhelmed by looking at, at a bunch of numbers and not knowing what to select. That's right. And do you, do you craft the sort of project summary or this pricing grid based on your client's budget? Yes. Well, I mean, I, I do it a couple ways. So if I always use kind of like a 10x pricing model. So if I knew on average my clients were making a million dollars, right, I'll divide that by 10. So I'm going to charge 100,000. Now, if my client has expectations that the website's going to cost 200,000, I'm not going to come at 100,000. I'm going to come at 200 because then I'm going to be so under the mark, they're going to wonder what's wrong with me. Oh, that's very clever. It's very, very clever. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so you have the project summary page. Um, what do you do next? So the next thing is, is having the information about your company, your agency, your business. So many people get the order wrong and they actually put this in the front. No one cares about you now in the very beginning because they haven't, you haven't proved to them how you can help them. So at the very end, you put in about yourself, why you started it, your team members, that kind of stuff. All right, so it's very easy to put that in. And then after that, the next step is making sure you put the agreement. So everybody's probably starting the agency or they're doing the agency a couple. So they're not going after these huge clients yet, right? So you're not going to separate your agreement outside of your proposal like we would do for like a LegalZoom or AT&T. So put your proposal or put your agreement in the proposal with a line under that for a signature. 
So everything's in one document, makes it very easy for them to sign while you're reviewing it with them. And you send everything at once. All of, mm -hmm. all of what we just covered, it's all in one you know, piece of document. That's right. Yes. Uh, so, it's, it, I mean, it's very important that, that people know that the order and the process, process that your client goes through all of these uh, steps is very important because it triggers different, you know, different psychological reactions that drives them to saying yes to you. Mm -hmm. um, because uh, I can see a lot of people making the mistake of not really, not really following uh, the quote-unquote funnel of, That's right. of crafting the document. All right, so you have, you have your, your, your contract, like, and any uh, specifics on, on, or any uh, specific tips and, and elements that you include on your contract pages or any other pages that, that we didn't cover? Um, not on the contract pages, just because I'm not a legal counsel and I, I'm not an attorney and I don't want to be liable for what I tell you on there, so <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm not going to say anything there. Okay. Okay. I get you. Um, what about pre presentation mm -hmm. for, uh, for your proposal? Yeah, so you're just walking them through the proposal. I mean, you just start from page one and you go all the way through it. And then at the very end, you just say, is this a good plan? They'll say Yes. And then you, your closing question is, would you like my help? And back, uh, back when, when you had your agency still, what was your, your number one or your main driver of customers? Well, there was, we had multiple channels. So one was from the uh, pay-per-click, another was from search engines, another was from strategic partners, and then we also had an outbound strategy where we would cold call people. And do you have any numbers on where you were converting more visitors, more uh, potential clients into actually paying customers? Well, they were all, I mean, all of them were ahead of each other at one time. But the reason why you have multiples is if one goes down, one's probably going to go up. And so they're always changing. So sometimes our outbound efforts were the number one strategy. Sometimes our inbound was the number one strategy, but the reason why we had multiples is just to weather through the storms. Right, you didn't put all of your efforts in, all of your eggs in one basket. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Jason, um, any any final tips on, on crafting a proposal uh, that you wanted, wanted to give us? Well, the biggest thing is just don't send the proposal. Make sure you review it with them. That's the biggest mistake that people make. Uh, meaning that that you are there with them? You, you're there with them or you're reviewing it with them over the... Over um, uh, Skype online. or the phone. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that. I mean, uh, I would. I can see myself just writing a proposal and then sending it over and sitting in my desk waiting for, for a response. Yeah. So huge mistake there. Um, okay, and... Uh, Here's a question that I ask all of my, uh, my guests so that people understand how important this part of your marketing process is. Who was your ideal client? Did you have one specific type of person that you wanted to reach back when you have your agency? Yeah, so I mean, our, our clients were kind of the name. I mean, we had a lot of name brands, but we wanted to go after the billion-dollar companies no one's ever heard of. Right, so they didn't have the name brand that everybody would know, but they had the name brand within their industry. So those were the people that we we're going after. 
And nowadays, uh, the owner at JasonSwing.com, who mm -hmm. is your ideal customer? Yeah, so it's that is it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a digital agency owner that is anywhere from about three hundred thousand in revenue all the way up to ten million. They're struggling with generating leads, closing proposals, scaling. They're stuck, right? So, um, and I could rattle off a thousand other things, but I'm very, very, very specific on this go around and that's why the company's grown at an extremely fast pace. What kind what kind of keywords because I mean that's a very specific uh, avatar. What kind of keywords are these type of people searching for? They're not searching for me because they don't know I exist. And that's why I don't use the search engines for this particular model, but I do attract anywhere from 80 to 100 leads and I use um, you know, a number of different strategies using pay-per-click for, you know, Facebook and going where my audience is. So and then, Facebook ads is your main driver? That's one of them. A podcast is another and there's, there's several others. But um, it's all about putting out helpful information for free and then building trust with them over time. Right. Um, value, value, and then you close the deal. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, uh, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. And everyone listening that wants to create an agency, I'm pretty sure it's stoked right now and wants to get out and create his own proposal plan. But this actually works for anyone who, who wants to drive people through um, a funnel and close them in some, some sort of way. Uh, you know, just, just think of this as, as a process of, uh, you know, introducing your product to someone um, be, you know like introduce the value first get you know let them know that you know their problems that you're going to solve it what it is that you're going to do for them be very specific very clear and then introduce yourself and <clears throat> and you know let them know who you are and why you are worthy of your word and of their money um, yeah yeah, and, and, and if anybody listening wants to know exactly how I built the seven and eight figure agency, I've created a free video um, that basically walks you through all the systems that I used that you can just follow to the team. And if you go to jasonswank.com slash agency playbook, you can um, see that video. That's jasonswank.com agency playbook. Um, all right, man. Uh, any other place you want to send people to connect with you if they want to learn more about who you are and what it is that you do? Well, the biggest thing is just go to the website, jasonswank.com. Yeah, I'm posting content every day or every other day, and my whole goal is to have my content be better, my free content be better than anybody's paid content. So, oh, that's that's a pretty good um, uh, that's a pretty good thing to do uh, to make sure that your content is high quality for sure. Uh, all right, man. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, I hope to have you in the future, man. Definitely. Take care. Take care. Well, there you have it, guys. Jason Swank from jasonswank.com on how to write better client proposals. Now, I hope you took a lot of notes. I hope th this becomes really handy and you actually are able to take actions on what you learned. And I hope that, I, that by next week, this will officially be the Rebel Growth Podcast and celebrate the birth of the new name. Until next week, guys. Thanks again. I'll see you.